Hello and welcome to the Rant and Rave Cave with Loken and Archer. Uh, so, sorry about the small short break, but Pax showed up, so we I had to go to that. I had to go. I had to go. You know, priorities. I do have priorities, and sorry. Um, Pax, tr- Pax trumps uh, podcast every time. But good news, um, he has some details from Pax because he remembers them, so... I do. I do remember them, I, I believe. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to record anything because there wasn't an actual spot for recording stuff. Uh, there was like a bunch of different streamer stuff, um, so I was misinformed of what was going to be available there. Uh, so I didn't bring my equipment, unfortunately. <laughs> but, uh, so, you know, I, I showed up on Thursday. Anybody who, who's never been an enforcer or, you know, wasn't their first year this year like mine... You know, you, you show up Wednesday or Thursday uh, to help with setup. Uh, unfortunately, with how my schedule was, I wasn't able to help uh, with that, really. But I was able to go to the orientation, um, pick up my stuff on Thursday, meet my, you know, fellow teammates and stuff for where I was going to be at, which actually was an area that I didn't really do a whole lot of paxing in the past. So that was kind of interesting. It was a uh, console free play. Which is basically like a video game library. So it's like the arcade portion of Pax. Well, it's they have a bunch of TVs set up, um, and it was a lot bigger room than it has been in the past. They used it on the sixth floor. Uh, if you know anything about the convention area, there's a lot of space up there compared to the third or fourth floors. Um, I didn't even know there was different floors, so that's how much information I have <laughs> about this. There, well, there's a first floor which has like shops and you know uh, places to eat, like Subway and Taco the, Del Mar. The tourist trap of it. Yeah, it's stuff that you can always go into. Um, and then you have like on the second, third, and uh, fourth floors, or no, not the fourth floor. The fourth floor is where the expo hall is. Um, but the the second, third floor. Uh, you have like small little like hallway walkway areas, um, and with rooms on the sides of them. So there's like escalators going all the way up each floor. Um, and then, but you can get off and take a left or a right and go to that floor and hang out. And that's where usually you find console free plates where you found like the tabletop stuff. Um, every year is where you find, you know, sometimes cards and stuff though that was over in the annex this time so uh, it was a different building kind of it's all connected but there's like a sky bridge that goes over the road and then there's what's called the annex um and that's where you we you found like the magic the gathering stuff and things like that so it gets a little bit nerdier once you hit that plat. Well, no, nah, I mean, it just depends on where you are at. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the whole thing is pretty nerdy, but I mean, just gets to one extreme or another, depending on where you go. Pretty much, I mean, and there was a bunch of theaters and and things taken over. Like the Sheridan had um had some like on Thursday it had a pre PAX tabletop tournament type thing and. That I know we noticed it because you had there's also like small we they take over the ballrooms and call them theaters for different panels or things like that, and uh, we were going over to the Sasquatch Theater for the orient for some of the take this orientation of course, and which is very good. I I, I recommend you know looking into that kind of stuff. Um, you know, it was basically just like how do we identify people who might be having like a bit of a 
break down or anything like that. Um, <laughs> Alright, calm down. Calm down, Collector. Um <laughs> and so it was it, it was very it was informative, it was fun, um on that side. But so but as I was we were walking through to the theater, there was a bunch of people like sitting down playing board games and just like drinking. And I was like, damn, okay, I didn't know that was part of the is that something you could do? So next year my plan is to uh, get a hotel Wednesday night and just go all the way for almost an entire week staying at the Sheridan. That, that <laughs> for, would be for, pretty sweet. For two reasons. Um, I, I recommend staying at the Sheridan every time to anybody who asks. If you can get into the Sheridan for PAX, do it. And get into one of the, at least one of the executive deluxe uh, suites, or not suites, uh, rooms, uh, king rooms or queen rooms or whatever they have. Um, because it gives you an, a couch that has a pullout bed. So if you want to have multiple people in your room, that's a great out. You don't have to get a cot or something like that. Um, and also it gives you access to the lounge, which is something new that they added for those rooms. Uh, and it's pretty good. It gives you breakfast and like hors d'oeuvres, which is basically fucking dinner, um, in the evening. So kind of saves on costs there you you essentially do pay for it because it is an upgrade but highly recommend it it's a lot of fun and it's also pretty nice because uh down below there's like the actual bar in the sheridan where most people stay because to drink and stuff because it's right next to the convention hall so most people go to the sheridan bar so the thing is packed every night <laughs> and you're there um, but if you have access to the lounge, you, you can just go up to the lounge during that time. And there's like maybe a group of people. Most of the time I went to the lounge when it wasn't breakfast or hors d'oeuvre time, there was nobody in there. And it was so nice and peaceful. Like to have that moment of just like, ah, uh, well, especially being in those conventions when you're just surrounded by people, yeah. like you just need that just time to just be like, just leave me alone. Just need to breathe. There's. There's a lot of nerds at this convention, obviously. A lot of us. And um, not everybody is social. so Or hygienic, I'm sure. Or, uh, I mean, you know, it happens. You get excited about stuff. Also, it's fucking hot in some of those areas. So, you know, just, just take care of yourself while you're there is the main thing. Is If you need a break, you go get a break. Um, don't, don't hang. You don't have to hang out at the con. At while it's always open, I re- highly recommend get a good breakfast in, go get some lunch at around whenever, like you know when you're hungry, and take a break when you do lunch. Just do something else for a little while, and then come back to the con. There's going to be plenty of stuff to do. It's open until like seven. I was going to say days. you can just walk around. I mean, freaking bumper shoots going on like right down the road. Uh, at yeah, least you, last you'd year, still need pack or, or tickets. Or I know, but you can just go over there and freaking see the event. And just see all the freaking craziness that's happening over there. Or you can you can head down to Pike Place. You know that's yeah. that's nearby the convention place. So it, there's it, options. I was going to say at least in Seattle, other conventions. I'm sure there's similar things because they're usually in heavily populated areas with other stuff to do so you know i understand it's convention but yeah the um i the one thing i didn't do is i didn't go to uh cupcake royale this time i I don't know i'm usually made that a staple for packs as i'd go and grab cupcakes at some point and bring it back to the hotel room for people to enjoy i did not do it this time because i was just always so on a schedule 
Um, that's the one thing about being an enforcer is that you, for at least for me, is that it is work. So I adjust my my attitude a little bit towards that, which is you know, hey, my my shift wasn't until seven. It was seven to midnight, but uh, I still was like, okay, at like five thirty, I gotta start getting ready, you know, for for work. <laughs> And then I just hung out and played with the Switch. Like, I just hung out with people who were playing the Switch. Talking how how, about how it. was that, by the way? I, I wanted to ask about the Switch because oh, okay. I haven't played one. My sister has one, but I haven't got to actually play it. It's actually a lot of fun. Like, I, I don't know so much of the part where they were trying to make it, well, it's a mobile thing. Because it's only got, like, two or three hours. Yeah, it doesn't have play. a whole lot of battery life. That's what I heard was, like, the big downfall of it. But as far as like a party game console, which is what the Nintendo has always been, yeah, um, it's a really good console. Like, so you get your standard console, right? And you have the two um, things that, that can go onto a controller pad or not, or right? Can, oh, like like the Wii remotes. Yeah, almost. they could be like the Wii remotes. Um, which you know, if you're playing something like uh, I forgot what the term, what the fighting game that was there was called, Smash Brothers. No, 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 not not Smash Brothers. It was literally like the old boxing game, but they, they oh, updated like, it. Oh, okay. Arms. It was literally just called Arms. Just called Arms because that's well, all you it's see? Like, it's like extended. The, the arms extend. You're oh, like yeah. weird robots and stuff. And um, one of them was a weird robot lady who looked very human, like very human. But it was her hair that went out and punched you. It was really weird. That sounds like a Nintendo game. It totally was. Um, <laughs> but people loved that game. And so it, you could basically, when you were playing against two, just two people, um, because we only had two controllers over there, like two controllers, he says in quotes, um, <laughs> then, then you would use them like the Wii remotes. If you wanted to play four players on that game or three players, then you had to break those up. And you, there's little... If you then turn it horizontal, one of those one sides, there's like one joystick and then four buttons and then an L and R on the top. And if you press those, then it becomes its own. When it asks you to sync your controller um, before the match, it will make it into that controller. Huh. That's that's kind of cool. It seems like it's a lot more versatile than, I mean, most of the other consoles have been because you can like adapt to what you have instead of buying more and more stuff. That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. And the same thing worked for Mario Kart. So if someone wanted to play four people, they could do that. If they wanted to play just two people, then they would have a full controller. Um, we also had Splatoon 2, which I have no interest in that game still. Yeah, that's, that's the freaking painting game or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. There's that a lot of people take who territory. really like it. Like, you know, and uh, there was kids all the way up to, you know older adults who were into that game and i was like cool i have no inclination to play this game well, i don't know why <laughs> it reminds me of a game like i think i played on like the original xbox that was kind of the same thing but you just basically did a bunch of random stuff and you took over zones for that instead of just you know painting over other people's paint yeah i mean it, it takes a classic you know control type thing and and makes it into weird paint characters yeah i really think they're just pushing that whole party genre to try to make it bigger and bigger which isn't a bad thing but with online games being so popular that i think they're really just trying to get into that market well those games are also all online they're online capable now, right i know so. just uh, nintendo i've never really thought as an online gaming console before 
Well, I mean, I I used to have like Smash Night with uh, the Wii U, um, and uh, you know, I, I played with people who were were not in the same room. So right. it, it definitely is um, something that's ca- that people I'm sure are doing. Uh, I just don't think a lot of people are still you know buying that as much as the Xbox or the PS4. Yeah, but, especially because it seems because they originally did it like for casual gamers, and they got you know all the parents and the grandparents into playing with the Wii. Um, yeah. I think they're trying to really just keep up that genre. Yeah. And, and they had, they also had, uh, has been heroes, which was like a 2d, um, you know, side scrolling game, which I, I didn't look that interesting and not, nobody played it like that. Someone would sit down to play it for a little while and then they got up and left. Yeah. I know that I've actually, I think I've either seen or played a little bit of that one. Um, I don't think on the Wii U or on the Switch, but um, I think it was on. I think it's actually on um, PlayStation Network, like it was just a little downloadable game. Okay. Um, and it was just basically it's one of those like basically just a straight straight up RPG type of thing, um, but it just kind of makes fun of itself as you're going. So one of your stereotypical like, hey, you remember this stuff? It was funny back then. <laughs> yeah. Um... I don't know. It, not a lot of people, I guess, got onto the joke. I don't know. I, I never saw anybody play it for very well, long. Well, I mean, it's also one of those like RPG games you have to get pretty far into. To I guess. Um, but the we also had Zelda. We had the new um, Breath of the Wild uh, there, um, which people. So how it was? Uh, well, basically, what my gig was was uh, it, we were kind of corralled everybody into this box area with only one way in, one way out for the the Switch. <laughs> Um, and because there was no real way to, to nail or secure these things down. So there was me and one other person making, just making sure nobody took took off with a switch. And, (laughs) um, so I was like constantly patrolling like around and like, a a circle just constantly. I was, it was bad. I was like, I was just like, I feel really weird about this, but we weren't very strict. So it said like 15 minutes. It said right in front of the thing, 15 minutes and then switch out. So someone else can play. But if there was nobody waiting, we just let you play. And since we had four TVs playing Zelda, we, there was always one person each night that I worked that would play for like two, three hours because nobody's waiting for Zelda to, to, show like be available because there was always at least two to three groups just playing for a little bit and then leaving so there would be one group just sitting there and then every so often they would ask like is it cool if i just keep on playing and be like yeah man i don't there's no line so go for it (laughs) i don't i don't care i was saying if you ever played a zelda game that two three hours you can get a good distance in there but those zelda games are so long that it it's only a small fraction of the actual game when when one person finally did uh leave before we closed uh, I went over there to because so one of the, the other thing is that we would remove like shut down the game and put it back on the start screen. So, it, you know, um, we would exit out, just close it and then restart it. It was the fastest way. And uh, <laughs> I go over there to do it. And the person who was with me, like grabbed me by like the elbow. Like and it was just like, no, man, they got so far. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm sorry. I, I got to do it. I'm going to do it. And I just like looked at him the whole time, and he's just like, "No," because <laughs> they really did. They got f- really far of the. It was like the third night that we were there, and they got the furthest we saw anybody get on that game. And we're just like, 
damn <laughs> kudos to you i was uh, gonna say i, w- I would have had to play it a little bit at that point i'm like all right so just what's going on here and it, get some story details it's interesting you know i haven't played it yet um at all and it looks like they brought back like the magnet hands and stuff oh, which i cool. loved from oracle um so it looks like they added a lot of the old, some of the older features into the game which is a good call on freaking the zelda platform because there's a lot of there's just been so many Zelda games, and they have a lot of great stuff, but they keep trying to like redo them and make it basically yeah. a brand new game. And I'm like, but there's so much good stuff that you have already. Just freaking mix and mash that stuff. Which uh, I know, I, you know, I, I was talking to um, a couple of my friends about the game and and everything because they've they've played it before, and uh, we were talking about how, and I think I mentioned it on this podcast before, but how like when Majora's Mask came out, nobody liked it because it was dark. It didn't make a lot of sense. It was pretty difficult compared to um, Ocarina of Time because of the three-day thing. So if you didn't know what you were doing, you died a lot. <laughs> and um, and then collecting all the masks was, was impossible. It took me like two, three years to collect all the masks without using a strat guide. And then when I had the strat guide, I was like, fuck. <laughs> this would have been so much easier. Um, but... I, I liked Majora's Mask when it came out, but it did not do well um, when it first came out. Now, because there were there are people like me who had played it, who liked it, they they finally remade it for the 3DS, and there's a lot more people out there who like Majora's Mask, which is weird to me. Well, I also feel like uh, since games have been out for so long, people are kind of used to that a little bit darker sense. And they have the light games, but you also have the dark games, and you also know that going into it now. Where before, like when Majora's Mask first came out, everything was really light and happy, and you just wanted to have fun doing it. Like there was a mm. few dark games, like Mortal Kombat and that kind of stuff, but wasn't like a whole like live action playthrough of like this. Well, like, I never realm. understood that 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 argument with Ocarina of Time. They're like Ocarina of Time is so much lighter. I'm like. For the first three dungeons, and yeah. then you go to sleep, and everything is fucked up <laughs> and like bad. There's not a light area anymore, except for the brief moment you walk through the fields. Everything is destroyed, or doesn't have, uh, or is frozen over, or the volcano has been erupting. Like, there's nothing good about Ocarina of Time until you fix it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so I never understood. Just, I guess it's because uh, Majora's Mask started off dark. There was no light to balance it out, really. But there were still light areas, like there was in Ocarina of Time. I just, I just didn't understand. I, maybe it was just the uh, constant sense of foreboding from the falling moon. I don't know. But, and also the fact you know you die in three days. Yeah. The whole but, ring fiasco. I you know. Well, that's like seven days, isn't it? Yeah, it's seven days. Um, so you get half of the ring. Less than that. Um, but uh, the but now I guess when I was talking to these people was the that it's popular now to hate on Twilight Princess, which again I don't understand. My only my only like nitpicking thing with that game is that it's too short. That's it. And that was the one with the. Um animal and the crazy art style right uh, that's the one where you turn into a wolf yeah that's that's the one yeah that's when i was thinking because it has like almost like the inky art style like um has really 
like dark, dark colors. Well, yeah, it's very dark. Yeah. Um, and it has the weird, like, um, black and green, like almost kind of computerized things that show up when it yeah, comes from okay. the Twilight Realm. Yeah. Um, which I thought was really cool. I, it's one of my favorite things about that game is the art style, and it did change how they make um how how those games look because they brought it back so the problem was is wind waker came out and everybody was like fuck wind waker (laughs) because it looks like a cartoon right and it was like god damn it you guys just cannot be happy because so you know majora's mask comes out it's too dark wind waker comes out it's too cartoonish twilight princess comes out i don't know what the fuck's wrong with Twilight. i don't know what people complain about twilight princess it's a solid game midna's cool um, Princess Zelda's a badass. Like, I don't know what the fuck you guys want in these in these Zelda games. And then, um, you know, and then they and then they came out with Skyward Sword. Uh, as far as console ones, they did come out with Phantom Hourglass, which I thought was a really good game. It was like a continuation from Wind Waker. That was a solid game. Um, Phantom Tracks, not so much. The sequel to that game. Oh yeah, that one so was good. that one was weird. Like uh, I, I didn't, I never really got into that one. Like I tried to play it a few times, but I'm like, I just, I just don't care. Like I, I, don't, I felt like the track thing made the game too, too linear. Um, and I, I just couldn't get into it. I, I tried, and which is weird because I was like, I like trains, so you'd think I would have liked that game. Um, I did not. Uh, I never finished it. I got like a level in. And I was like, eh. like I don't even remember how I played that game, but I played it a little bit, and I'm like, I. I get what's going on. I just don't care about the getting to the end. I didn't care at all. I let my nephew borrow it, and I never saw that game again, and I was not upset about it. I was like, <laughs> meh. That's fine. Probably one fine. of the few Zelda games you're just like, meh. Well, and I never finished Skyward Sword either, but that's because I don't like playing um, Zelda on the, the Wii remotes. Oh, yeah. Um, I would have to play it with an actual controller. Uh, I'm not the a fan. The GameCube controller. Yeah, I was not a fan of the playing Zelda on the Wii U controllers. So, um, yeah. Uh, so anyway, Breath of the Wild looks like it. They brought it back a lot of things. It has a very similar art style to Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword. Um. Link looks a little bit younger than he did in uh, Skyward Sword or Twilight Princess. Like they look like he they've kind of put him in his like preteen versus being a teenager, which is what is what Link has been recently. Um, so he looks, you know, he looks like a a young boy, like twelve, thirteen, but he doesn't look like young Link from uh, uh, Ocarina of Time or something like that. So, it looks interesting. I there was like a ghost um, king of Hyrule in that game. I don't know. I've never played it. It looks really interesting. Now I want to play it. Now I want to switch. After hanging out with the Switch for that for three days, I want to. I want to switch. I was gonna say those are uh, still a little spendy, um, but I mean, I guess if you don't have a Nintendo console, it's probably a good time to jump on that bandwagon because you don't have a U a Wii I've, U or I've, a Wii. Do you? No, I have a Wii U. Oh, do you do? Okay. Yeah, I, I got a Wii U a while ago when it was on, like, Super Sale. <laughs> uh, Cyber Monday. Um, something like that, yeah. And so, it, and I got it for Smash Bros. That's what I really got it for. That's, that's always what I end up getting one for. <laughs> I, well, the Zelda game and then Smash. Like, that's really what I play on that on that console, which is fine. 
um, when when the price comes down. So I probably won't get a Switch right away, but I will get it uh, eventually. I was going to say, it came out last year, though, didn't it? I think it came out, uh, like, late last year. Yeah. So it hasn't been out for a full year, though. Yeah, I know it hasn't been out for a full year, but I'm wondering if they're going to have any sales on Cyber Monday for it. Probably. Hopefully. I was going to say, hopefully, because it's been out long enough um, that everybody that has one, and now they just want to get those stragglers. Yeah. Um, I'm, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Uh, I did go to the, the Nindies section, which is the Nintendo indie games. So these games are also on other consoles sometimes. And there's a few that I played that I'm really interested in. Um, one of them is the Kentucky Count Zero, I think is what it's called. It's a weird, it's a weird um, game. I don't even know what I played. So it's basically this game. Um, imagine like Courage the Cowardly Dog kind of feel atmosphere to it. Um, but you start off and for this demo, you start off. Uh, you're like this t- tall, lanky guy. There's, there's a lot of stuff's done in um, like shadows. There's not a whole lot of color to it, and you have uh, you're like some type of repair guy, and you have like this old dog with you, and uh, you're in this truck, and you go to I don't know where you, you before where you start. Um, your character did something, and he asked about you're trying to get to the zero. That's what it's just called the zero. And you're told to take this TV and drop it off at this house. And she'll tell you about the zero. She'll tell you where you need to go. And that's what he tells you in exposition. I went to this place. Da, da, da. You don't actually see that part. But you walk up to this house and <laughs> you're like, I'm here to give you your TV. And she's like, oh, can you help me set it up? Sure. And he tries to turn it on. She's like, what's wrong with you? Don't you know how to do this? Da, 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 da. And then it kind of like zooms in to the barn and like you see some shit and then it zooms back out and she's like you spaced out there and you you have options you have dialogue options like sometimes five options to choose from and what your character's gonna say and i try to keep everything on point of i'm trying to find the zero (laughs) and she eventually tells you oh you need to go this way and um get off at this take a left at after like this tire factory or something like that and so kind of like a interactive novel type of thing yeah okay it's the closest that you could come it's it's more about story than it is about you doing anything game mechanic wise and it was but it was very interesting and so it goes to this place and then you look at your so your dog's with you at the beginning and he looks like just like an old you know, like dog, like, uh, like a hound, dog, like a hound. Yeah. Okay. And then you get to this other place when you get off the freeway, off the road where you're supposed to be going and the dog looks skeletal. Like, like, like hasn't eaten or like looks like a skeleton. Well, it's uh, like I said, a lot of it's done in shadows. So oh. I don't know the details of it. And he's like, yeah, come along boy. And like, you know, then it, it fades out and it's like, thanks for playing the demo. And I'm like, what did I do? What did I accomplish? What is going on? <laughs> I need answers. So it was a very interesting game. I was going to say, as far as the demo goes, I mean, it gets you intrigued on what's going on. I it mean, really especially did. in one of those novel ga- novel games 
that's it's a hard sell sometimes yeah with all the different games that are out there it's really hard uh, particularly for indie character like indie developers what's what's great about the nindies what i like about it every year um and the indie mega booth and everything you get to talk to the people who make the game and you get to hear about their experiences in making this game um that guy was weird well um, i mean <laughs> his game was weird he was weird he was like yeah thanks for playing like very quiet and i was just like all right cool normally they want to talk about their game you know no <laughs> did not didn't even care about explaining what the game was when i came up to the thing which is what which, which kind of adds to the whole mystery of it too i'm sure you're just yeah. like oh, damn I, I was it like, if he was pretending kudos because i i bought it if he <laughs> wasn't if that's just him again kudos for making the game because you're weird <laughs> and um and then i played some other games in there uh, basically you if you played four or more games then you got a specialty pin and t-shirt um it's, it's okay. one of the things about what do you get like a punch card yeah you you got like oh, okay. a, you got a thing that they stamped <laughs> okay it was actually um, actually like a punch it was card. like a punch card they i was joking but yeah. well the year before they uh they did the same thing but it was you had to collect a certain amount of pins so they would give you a pin and then if you brought it out and you're like i played x amount of games then they would let you take a the nindy pin and uh t-shirt um we waited too long they weren't out of it last year so this year we we got to it like right away uh, but I also played uh, <laughs> Chef Brigade. This game is actually a lot of fun. It's so it's like puzzle, um, kind of like uh, you know where you have different types of items and you try to line them up to so, the like, same like, type, like a bejeweled, like a bejeweled. Of, okay, there's that aspect to it, but it's only when you cook. So when you're cooking, you want to do that, and then it makes certain points amount, and then you try um, uh, to beat other chefs. But the brigade part comes in because you have to run out of the kitchen. It's, al- it's always to the left, at least when I played. And it then becomes like a side-scrolling um, fighting game. Like, uh, not like actually like, like Street Fighter, but like you Yeah, I know, like, like platforming. Like, yeah. And you, you kill I, things to get your ingredients. And you get those ingredients, and then it dep- depends on what type of colors you throw into your um, cooking concoction and so like the different ingredients give you different points for the rarities of them or whatever i'm sure there's rarities but as far as what i played there was just like green blue and red ingredients and certain ingredients would have sometimes like two blue and one green Um, Um, recipes yeah uh well not for some recipes but for ingredients oh the ingredients would be certain colors and then you would throw them in there and you would try and align it properly um oh, I and then see. you can get like different um like pans like you can get like a fire pan and like an earth pan and a water pan and that aligns with what you're cooking in there so you're like doing you a lot cook more blue, blue stuff in a yeah. water pan okay. you, you get more points um and uh, i played and i got the fire pan and uh went and played the actual so the demo was you first taught you how to do it. It was like a tutorial, po- didn't do it. And then you went and fought your first person in the chef brigade. And uh, I thought I was doing terribly. Like I was like, oh shit. Because I didn't understand that when you, because they're like, we're only doing fire stuff. And I didn't know that that meant that only the red ones would disappear. So on the right side, I have all these blue ones stacked up. And I'm like, why are they disappearing? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I was losing. And I'm like, fuck. And, uh, 
when I finished it, I just like wiped the floor with the other guy. I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> like I really won. <laughs> and um, when I was playing, the guy's like, oh, you seem to understand what's going on. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're good. <laughs> like you didn't need a, I didn't need an explanation of how to play this game. It was very uh, intuitive. You really could just play it pretty easily. Which is good for an indie game because when they try to put too much stuff in the indie games, they don't have a whole lot of backstory to them. And there's, they usually try to do something a little bit different, yeah. which is the whole point of the indie game. So it's nice to see one that's just kind of fluid and, you know, you get start playing and you're like, oh, this makes sense. Just collect colors, do things, do things. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. I, I'm probably going to end up getting it because it's for, it was for the 3DS. Oh, nice. I think it might be on other platforms as well. But it, they were you were playing it on the 3DS when I got there. Um, All right. So are these uh, games that are out right now or are they ones that are going to be coming Jeff out? Jeff Brigade is coming out in the holiday season. Kentucky Count Zero, I don't know. You're okay. just going to have to look for just it. Just like Echo last year? Um, no, Echo was supposed to be spring. And that's what I said. And then it got delayed. So Yeah. Um, but that will be coming out this month. <laughs> um, so that will be fun. Just since we're talking about indie games. Yeah. Um, and I will let you guys know a full review once I play it. Um, besides just the demo level that I played like, you know. A year and a half ago, it feels like. <laughs> well, a year ago. Yeah, it was exactly a year ago. But... A year ago. Um, so, but then, uh, what was the what was the other one that I played? Besides Wolverblade, there was one before that. So not been too memorable. Oh, we played Sausage Party. So you, it was these weird. It's a party game, and it's these weird, like elongated, sausage esque animals. So like dogs and 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 cats and like frogs and like things, and you you played party games against each other like the one we played was the the soccer you played in the museum but you played soccer and you it was very weird to control it was obviously made to make it like just kind of weird and fun and it wasn't that bad like as far as party yeah, games it go. sounds like a drunk party game yeah like hey everybody play as a sausage person thing <laughs> sausage party <laughs> yeah it was it was pretty fun I, I i didn't mind it um then there was wolverblade <laughs> Wolverblade is uh is is a side scrolling game, but the guy like they were like we made it so when you make contact with something, it really feels like you're you're hitting something. It's like the think of like Gauntlet or Golden Axe or something like that. Um, but they they made it built around um, Wolver, which is a Celtic thing. Um, but the guy, one of the characters' names is Wolver. And they can summon wolves to come in and fight for them. Um, funny enough is I was talking about Wolver to one of my friends almost almost a year ago. Um, and it's a basically a wolver is a per, uh, is a creature that has like a man's body with a wolf head. It's not a werewolf. It's, that is just what it is. It doesn't transform just so that. So it's like beastkin, essentially. Not not re- so it's not it's not evil it's not malicious um in fact when it comes to poor people it would bring like fish or other things and leave it on the, t- the people's doorsteps okay and if you left it alone it was fine it was if you actually tried to go bother it that it would try and attack you it was just a creature so it's basically like one of those old school nature spirits that 
it'll do its thing and if you fuck with it it's going to kill you yeah okay so i thought it was kind of interesting so they were like the they they came up and one of those friends i was talking to about it was there and they came up and they're like you should play wolverblade wolverblade was really amazing and i'm like wait what (laughs) and so um so i go over and and it's basically the the romans are trying to um take over britain um, it's during that that time period, and the Celtic people are trying to oh, push so back like the way invasion. back in the day. Okay. Yeah, and um, so you have like Wolver. There was another. There was like a big guy with a the hammer and sword that was playing, and then there was like wait, he had a hammer and a sword. Yeah, like a hammer, short hammer, little thing, and a sword. He was a big guy, obviously. Um, and he did like heavy attacks, and then there was Guinevere. That you could play as, and she uh, was like fast attacks, and then Wolver so, was like uh, in the middle. So are all these characters playing at the same time? Oh, like it's oh, like a they had it set up for two people, so you could so you could play as one of them. So it was like a side scroller, like battle everything in the screen type of thing. Yeah, and you're just constantly going. Oh, right. so oh, okay. Um, like the old uh, Golden Axe or whatever type of yeah, play like, style. Okay. Like I was saying earlier. Okay. Um, and <laughs> and then uh. <laughs> the you you also get like rage mode or something like that um at some point you can do a lot of damage without taking a lot of damage it was very interesting um i, I will probably pick up that one eventually as well uh but the kentucky uh count zero and then chef brigade are probably my two ones from the nindies that i really liked uh i also played um crest which is a weird take on like a civilization game um, but it's based upon religion, so you are a god who basically br- puts down commandments, and that's what the the uh, people like, are gonna do. They they have to do, and if they don't do what they're what you tell them to do, then you can basically you know say you shouldn't you know uh, I don't I don't know what the religious term for it is, but you don't smite them, but you you definitely are like hey that's not what you're supposed to be doing, and then you can bless actions that you agree with. So, and then basically, so it's kind of like a passive civilization development thing? Kind of. I mean, you can still tell them where to go and, and do certain things. So it is like the the god mode as opposed to like you click on something like, hey, do this type of stuff. And then also you have like passive Yeah, you have passive stuff and, and active stuff that you can do. And it, it was, it would take some, it took some time to figure out what was going on. Um, the art style needs an update or something i don't know i just did not really like it very much did you ever play uh black and white yeah is it is it anything like that not as much not, not, as much not where you have like an actual deity on the ground yeah um i'm gonna say because that that was actually probably one of my favorite like rts god mode games just because you could just crush everything if you wanted to yeah um not so much that definitely different so the the basically the clicking and stuff that is you the god character doing stuff so it does take an interesting take on that i i enjoyed it but i would like the art style to be updated a little bit just cleaned up because it was very um not appealing to look at like just (laughs) gritty or what console was it on it was on it was on pc it was it was in the indie mega booth area um what was the other one we played we played uh children of something of the um, corn because it's what of the corn no no it was like the i don't remember what it was called but 
Um, this was one that me and, and this other guy were playing. And we basically were like, so we picked it up after people left. So we didn't start from wherever the beginning was. And it was one <laughs> of those ones that just, just sitting there for people to come up and play. Like there was nobody monitoring it really um, or a developer sitting there. It was just one of them on the expo floor that you could wander up and play. And we basically were benders. Like he was like an airbender and I was like a firebender. That's kind of cool. And it it was interesting. I really dug it. Like, (laughs) um, you, you, it kind of had the, the like slanted over the top view of like, uh, Diablo two, like Diablo style. Oh, like almost like the top down, but like kind of angled. Yeah. At an angle. And uh, to give you kind of like a 3D effect, and it definitely was a dungeon crawler. So you were running around trying mm-hmm. to figure out where to go and what to do. Um, and we had no idea what the hell we were doing uh, at all. <laughs> we were supposed to collect souls to make power certain things, I think, at some point. And uh, mm-hmm. we ended up dying, and we were just like, well, that was fun. <laughs> and we took off and did something else. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, other games that we ended up playing. Uh, I know the girls played Don't Starve Together, which I know you're a fan of. I was going to say, yeah, I, I've been playing that freaking on my PC for since it came out, since beta. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's a great game. If you've never played it, Don't Starve is a survival game, like one of the, probably one of the better ones. It has almost like a Tim Burton, like gritty, dark, like yeah. art style. That's really cool. And basically... The name of the game is exactly what you do. You try not to starve to death, try not to get killed by random things, and basically try not to lose your insanity. Um, because there's just a bunch of random stuff you can do. You can build a flower hat to put on your head to reduce your insanity decrease, just because you can. I mean, and then you shave and it decreases your insanity. So, And then the Don't Starve is just single player. Don't Starve Together is massively multiplayer. So depending on the server you have, you can have anywhere from, I think two to like eight players yeah and you can have dedicated servers and all that kind of stuff so you can have all that and then literally build an entire freaking community um of all the stuff and they have expansions that keep coming out for it too i think they're on their second expansion yeah that adds even more difficulty to it which it's already really difficult Um, some of those characters are yeah like why would you play that character that seems like all the negative um yeah and then they have different characters with different attributes like a robot that gets hurt by rain um but you can eat anything yeah um i I think weber was one of my favorite looking ones the one with the spider head the yeah the spider guy he has like extra arms too he looks he looks like when peter parker turns into an actual spider-man yeah um and it it's really interesting uh concept game uh i've played it here and there um but uh, i never really got fully into it um i re-downloaded it again uh after pax and i was like i'll play it try to play it some did more. you don't starve or don't starve together don't starve together um so i'm gonna try it out again and try and actually spend the problem is whenever i start it up and i'm playing uh for the first time i'm always like uh you have to collect so much stuff just to get anywhere first, and then you have to make sure you do it within a certain time frame. Because if you don't have a f- have the materials ready for a campfire, you die. Yeah, because it's dark. The dark literally eats you alive, and uh, and you can't uh, see anything at night at all. Yeah, your entire screen goes blank, and you're just like fuck. 
So it's it's an interesting concept game. I I just haven't had sat down and, and really played it. I was gonna say it'll take up a lot of time too. Like just playing through like four or five nights is like an hour and a half. Yeah, um, I've gone through like three days max, and then I'm always like, uh, I want to go do something else. Um, <laughs> but uh, I did go by the Fortnite booth. I thought it was gonna be like just a tiny booth. It was a pretty big to do. Uh, it was up on the sixth floor um, in like what was all the other like bigger indie games and stuff. Um, it's weird to think of Fortnite as an indie game, but it kind of is because I don't I don't even know who the developer is. I can't remember. It's Epic Games. Epic Games. Yeah, because I've never heard of them really before. Yeah. And so they had a, a pretty big booth set up. Um, they had about they did. This was all for the PC, so they didn't have uh, console versions. So I, it took me a little second to figure out how to play on keyboard and mouse. Um, but we, I wanted to have the people I was with to play it. I was like, you have to play this because it's really fun. Unfortunately, their demo is just the uh, how do you move around, what do you do. They, oh. When it gets to the actual build a shelter section, that's when it goes. Thanks for playing Fortnite. Oh. And I'm like, damn it, the shelter is like the best part. Um, so I, they, but they were interested, so they might end up getting that game. They gave us little promo cards, which I still haven't scratched mine and figured out what I have. Um, that, but it gives you either in-game items. Sometimes you even get a free game. So that would be interesting because then I could just give it to someone who doesn't have it. Um, but then when you were done, when everybody got through the demo, um, the lights would go. They had like little light things next to it and whichever one it was red on, that person got to go into this area and actually beat up a loot pinata. Oh, nice. A loot llama. Um, and it had like swag in it. So it would have, sometimes have a free game, free shirt, free pens, and That's then it had a so bunch cool. of candy. That's so cool. <laughs> um, so it was a lot of fun. Um, unfortunately, so this is what happened. So we were in line, and it, so it was me. Um, one and two other people, and one of the people was not so into playing the game or nervous about playing the game. I don't know which, but um, it came down to where the group next to us um was a cutoff because eight people at a time, and their group would have been cut in half or something like that, or one of the people wasn't going to be able to play. So one of my friends was like, oh, "Well, I don't want to play," and um. They got uh, the red light, didn't they? If they had stayed, <sighs> they would have where they were standing oh. would have been one of us getting the loot the loot llama. Oh damn it! And I'm just like, damn. Oh well. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just like it's um, not a big deal. I know, but at the same time, you're like, it could have been me. <laughs> could have been me. But they did it every hour. I mean, if I really wanted to do it, I could have kept on playing, like kept on getting in line. I know, but, but you, you've, you've played the game before. It's, yeah, 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 it kind of defeated the purpose, and I was just like, all right, fine. But um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I highly recommend Fortnite. We've played Still. it a lot. And it's actually uh, been released now, too, so it's not on the early access anymore. Um, yeah. So they did do a little bit of polishing on it um, here and there, um, but I believe uh, all the levels are accessible now, and they added a new mode to it as well. Yeah, they have a... They have a survive the storm and they added a new mode which is literally you build around these generators and try not to have the generators or yourselves die if you die someone has to revive you there is no restart for your character so you have to have someone revive you so definitely uh give that one a shot um a lot of fun um what else did we do uh 
so yeah so friday was was a little bit of that was a little bit just finding out where everything was um i always recommend two to three days of packs um the fourth day monday is always rough if you've done all four days because you've spent three days at this convention <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure most of the booths are out of like their swag and free stuff too not really that what they usually do is they usually allot each day a certain amount oh, okay that way they're not out um they just run out each day and then you come back tomorrow and try to yeah. get more okay you try to get it if you haven't gotten it already um and then what did we do? So uh, we also checked out some other stuff. Um, so I worked Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So around, I don't know, three-ish or four-ish, we would go back to the hotel and um, hang out for a bit, get lunch, stuff like that. And then uh, I would go off to work in the Switch area for console free play. Um, so that, I mean, that was mainly, I think we did Nindy's. Uh, we didn't do Nindy's Friday. We did Nindy's Saturday. Um, we checked out some of the big booths. We didn't do a lot of the like big expo games. Um, simply because you have to wait in line for them. They yeah. did do blinds again this year, which I thought was really nice. Um, Instead of just, you know, first come, first serve. Well, it was like whoever gets there in the morning and then they allot times for the entire day. Oh, time slots and so you'd have to get in there right away because then all the time slots would be gone and yeah i get that it's nice because then people can walk around the uh, the convention but for other people who might not want to get up at six in the morning to stand in line <laughs> for a time slot freaking four or five hours from now yeah um or even 12 hours like you know from from six in the morning so <laughs> um so, which we never wanted to do. I really feel like we did we did packs right this year, which was we got up um, at uh, I don't know. We got up around like I got up around eight eight thirty. We went up to the lounge and had breakfast, and we just hung out. And so while people were getting in line and doing things and like you know, or roaming through the line, we were still sitting having breakfast and just relaxing and then we would go over to the annex uh entrance except for like the last day for some reason but um we would go over to the annex entrance and because nobody lines up over there or very few people would and you just get in through the annex (laughs) while everybody else is in this weird crazy looped line like thousands of people all in this big area to go through the main entrance and i'm like no well just go through the annex i'm not trying to get to any of this stuff uh, the one thing I didn't do that I'm I kind of am regretting now, but not so much because I had so much fun, is I didn't play the Beat Susano thing for um, Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, but that's just because I didn't want to wait in that line. Um, I think with working in the the evening, nighttime, and all the shenanigans we got through through the day, I just felt like waiting in line would just be eating up my time. <laughs> so. But uh, they they have a they're redoing Secret of Mana, that's yeah, a new thing. I saw that uh, it's actually been on the PlayStation Network and stuff. They've been kind of promoting promoting that, which is a really good like old school game. So yeah. they're just basically redoing it in HD. I don't know if they're adding anything new. Um, I think they're going to update some mechanics and things like they did with Final Fantasy twelve. Yeah, I'm sure they will, and they'll add probably like a, a little bit of extra whatever like secret mission here or there. Yeah. Um, 
because it, it it was kind of a linear game if I remember correctly, but they did have a little bit of open world to it. Yeah, it's been a very long time since I played that game, yeah. so a lot of it I don't remember. No, neither um, do I. Like I remember the name and I remember playing a little bit, but I don't remember much of the story. Yeah, so definitely check that out. Um, they had a separate Square Enix store booth, which I didn't realize until like the last day, which had um, like their collectors uh, figurines and stuff. And they were expensive. Um, I don't remember. I have a Gabranth like 12 inch statue um, action figure type guy um, that you can switch out the weapons and things like that. And he was there this time, and they're like, "It's one hundred and twenty dollars." And I'm like, "It was not one hundred and twenty dollars when I bought it. It was like forty bucks." That was also, you know, when the game first came out, like originally on the PS2. Yeah, but it's the same fucking thing. It's an updated box, but it's the same fucking thing. And I'm like, "Wow, Square Enix." Um, they had Fran there, and she was only a hundred bucks. And I'm like, "Why is Fran only a hundred bucks?" Because it doesn't have the interchangeable weapons. I guess, but I was like, "Come on, now, that's rude." Um, charge me an extra twenty. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Friend is just as cool as Gabranth. Shut up. Um, probably the only person that I I think in that game is as cool as Gabranth. Uh, but bunny people, yeah. bunny people with rage, <laughs> bunny rage. <laughs> um, say, not a game, rabbit rage or something. I don't know. That that was one of the other games at the Switch area was oh. Mario uh versus rabbit rabbits. Yeah. That that was weird. It was like an XCOM like game, um, like like a uh, real time strategy. Like, yeah, like you have like you have a certain amount of spaces that you can move that character to. You try to move him behind cover. Like that seems like a weird turn for Mario game. I will say everybody had the same reaction. Like, wait, what? And then they played it and they're like, that was actually really fun. I really liked it. And I'm like, all right, cool. It's a good game. I did not expect that. Um. And we also, uh, so, and then uh, other, we also went into the tabletop area and we played an official D&D deck building game called Dragonfire, which we ended up buying. We went halvesies on it, me and the group I was with. And how much did that end up, uh, how much was that? It was 60 altogether. Oh, that's not too bad. Wasn't bad at all. And we got one of the last remaining promo characters. Nice. There was only two left when we sat down. Nice. And we were both, we were like looking at each other. We're like, we should buy this. One of us should buy this. And like, why don't we just go have these? And I was like, yes, yes, that's a good idea. We'll just have these this. <laughs> I and mean, because you have to play it with somebody anyways. Yeah. It's your main group of friends. So why, why not? not? <laughs> so, uh, so we bought this game and you basically, you get a, a pre-made character on a card sheet. Um, it uh, determines what your health points start at. It determines what kind of cards you get. Um, there's like magic. There's like uh, light healing type um, spells, or I guess divinity powers. Um, and then there's melee and there's deception ones. And it's based, and they're all different colors. And they also have just unal- unaligned damage um, ones, which is just gray. But um, very. Very interesting game. So you start with a certain amount of cards. You can buy cards from the market. Standard deck building type procedure. Um, everybody gets a monster. You f- try and fight that monster. Monster dies. You get X amount of gold. And it goes in a in a clockwise pattern. So it's like you get one gold. Then the other person gets one gold. The other person gets one gold. The other person gets one gold. And so whatever and the extra. It just keeps up. on going in the circle. So usually you end up with the most gold for killing something. 
Um, oh, because you start. Yeah. Okay, so you Goes, get like the extra. Whoever one, beats it gets the. It starts with them. So if there's usually you extra get gold. one, maybe one extra gold usually. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I ended up with like three pieces of gold, and everybody else ended up with like two pieces of gold usually, right. something like that. Um, it was a very interesting game. Uh, so obviously we bought it. <laughs> um, uh, so highly recommend trying out that one. I guess there's other ones like Crossfire and things like that um, uh, from D&D as well. But, you know, um, what other board games did we play? Say it's nice to see that D&D is friggin branching out other than just like their standard. They have been for a while. Uh, well, I know they have been. Like, they've been into video games. Like, because, I mean, D&D is freaking everywhere. Like, just the mechanics of it. Cause it's, it's the basis just, of everything. because yeah, it's just such a good freaking RPG system. Just with the leveling, the character development, just the basically the sheer just freedom to create yeah. your character. That every time I play D&D and I go back to just a console or a, console or a computer-based game, I'm just like, it's just so lacking. Because you have so much linear stuff you have to do. Yeah. Um, and and that definitely rings true because... So one of the things we did is uh, when we would go back for our breaks, we would play D&D in the hotel room. We nerded it up so hard that weekend. It was, it was packs in the morning, part of the afternoon, D&D uh, during the evening. I would work. I'd come back. We'd play D&D when I got off work at midnight for the next few hours. Um, so it was basically packs all day, D&D all night was our thing. And it was phenomenal. Um, we got so far in our D&D campaign, um, we actually got through an actual big dungeon by the end of PAX weekend and uh, got to third level. <laughs> right, <laughs> so and it happy. takes so long to level in D&D too. I always forget well, that. Well, the, the XP amount that you need per level goes just exponentially goes up. So it's like you need 300 XP to get it to level two. You need 900 XP to get to um level three and then you need uh like 2700 xp to get to level four it goes it goes crazy so no we're level four we're level four okay um we almost got to level five i think i don't know anyway um so we had we had a lot of fun um playing it so but yeah we would we would play these games and you just really realize like with no matter how open world the game is, no matter how um, you know expansive the game is, there is still some limitations and restrictions that you can't go past. While with D and D, it's whatever is up to your imagination. And the great thing about Fifth Edition, because me and you tried to play four point five, I think so. Yeah, four four point five. I don't remember which. Um, one. And four was more of a a tactical game. Um, and about attacking things and five is really more about like what D and D used to be, which is the role playing aspect and trying to find different solutions to instead of just kill a problem. Things. Yeah. And that actually worked out to our benefit because there was a moment where in our campaign, we have these, uh, young boys that got constri- conscripted into this army in this fortress. And, uh, and one of the things that we, decided was that we were going to go non-lethal when we fought the kids and try and get them to go back to the village <laughs> that we were that we got sent from and it actually worked out in my favor because i rolled um like a natural 20 at one point on my intimidation 
And I already so have you just a scared the crap out of all these children. I was like, go back to your family. <laughs> apologize to your mother. <laughs> go home. Apologize to your family and go to your room. Basically, it was basically. And well, the problem was is when we first started attacking, I didn't realize that we were attacking the, the, the children, that they were just soldiers based upon what our, our DM said. And uh, it's not his fault. We didn't ask. <laughs> right. And um, I used my thunderous smite on one of the. <laughs> I, so I killed one <laughs> and then I used thunderous smite on the next one because I really wanted to use it because I just got it. And uh, <laughs> I turned this thing into goo. I This guy <laughs> just gone. And um, and we all had done like a, quite a bit of damage throughout it. Uh, earlier when we were going through the caves to get into the fortress, um, our sorcerer turned one of the guys just into an ice block and then shattered inside his armor. So his armor just clanked to the ground. <laughs> it was... It was friggin' we annihilated. Those were just monsters. Those were some some balawags. But um, yeah, the kid got turned into goo. So literally, the ones that were still surrounding, I tried to intimidate, and I got rolled that nat twenty, and and I was like, "Is this what you want to have happen? Is this what you want? You want me turned into goo?" <laughs> <laughs> and they just fucking ran off, and the one of them tried running into a room, and was like, "God damn it, help me!" like freaking out and then i just kept that going like anytime i ran into the kids i just try to use intimidation and it worked every time it was great um we, we had a lot of fun there was a moment where we fought like a animated thing of armor and uh <laughs> after we were done there was a chest in the room and one of my one of the people that i was with in my party what was arguing with the other person and like like push it trying to push them aside or something and i just speak up over it and i'm like i opened the chest and the person yeah. looks at me like son of a bitch i'm going to kill you <laughs> it was the greatest moment ever <laughs> they were so mad uh to the point that their character stopped out of the room like fuck <laughs> it was pretty fun um, but yeah, so that's that's what we ended up doing. Like, we hung out, ate breakfast in the lounge, went to PAX, did as much PAX as possible before we needed to go get lunch. Had lunch, played a little bit of D and D. I went to work, um, and then we usually got hors d'oeuvres before I went. And then uh, I went to went to work, came back, played D and D, got up, did it all over again. It was it was great. Um, I'm I'm sure I'm forgetting. So it, it just sounds like basically a nerd vacation. It was a, it was a total nerd vacation. And my plan, since I'm gonna do Enforcer again for PAX West next year, like I said, my plan is to start on on Wednesday, um, because I, I plan on taking a week off during that time uh, every every year. So start on Wednesday, get the hotel room hang out for two days help with setup for those two days um since you get paid for setup as well and um <laughs> but then just hang out in the hotel room and play D on anytime i'm not helping and then uh when pax starts start going to pax and doing the same stuff uh because i think adding a couple extra days for relaxing will definitely be more of a vacation um, but it was so much fun. I, I'm at this point now where now that I'm home and 
Uh, I'm, I'm trying to, I, I've downloaded some of the games that I got for free or that I have discounts on or whatever. And, uh, every time I try to sit down and play something, I'm just like, ah. cause it's part of that, like coming down from packs that you're just yeah, like, it's I don't like want to play a game. Yeah. Coming back from like festivals and that kind of stuff too. The same thing. You just don't have that adrenaline and that feeling of, you know, being around all that stuff. Yeah. I would much rather be at PAX than sitting at home trying to play a video game. And I'm just like, which is weird because you go to PAX because you like video games. Um, and then immediately after PAX, you're like, I don't want to play video games right now. I want to be at PAX. So um, there, it definitely is part of that whole con crash thing um, that comes along with it. So really, and I know I say this every time uh, after I come from a con, but take take care of yourself when you're when you're there, you know, not just the showering thing. Everybody talks about, oh, nobody wants a smelly nerd. But, yes, that is a, 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 a social thing <laughs> that, that we appreciate. But really yourself, like, you know, relax. Um, make sure you're eating food properly. Don't you can't. I think one of the guys, the, the, the guys who run the AFK room, which is like the place where you can go and it's a quiet room. You can get you can talk to someone if you're having panic attack or something like that. Um, but the guy who runs that, uh, Dr. B, he was like, you can't r- sustain yourself this weekend off of Doritos alone. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> I, I, no, <laughs> you can't do that in life either. So, um, you know, just make sure you're taking care of yourself, guys. Like get breakfast, get lunch, get dinner. You're going to be walking and meandering about so much. Those rooms are so hot. You know, make sure you're drinking water shit like that and you'll have an enjoyable weekend you'll never get a point where you crash during the weekend it'll be after you're done (laughs) so i think we didn't fully crash until like three or four on on monday and the con closes at seven on on monday so we did really good this year um we we ended up going to red robin and it's like our one of our things that we do now. I didn't know it was something we were doing until someone pointed it out this year. <laughs> like we go to the Red Robin at some point during conventions, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, we do. That's weird. <laughs> That's fun. All right, cool. We did that. Came back to the the apartment and just kind of hung out. We didn't go back to the con. We're like, we're done. <laughs> we don't need any more of this. So um, I'm sure there'll be some other stuff that I might bring up on the next podcast, but not as much. Um, if you guys have any questions about packs or anything for us just in general, um, you can get a hold of us at the rant and rave cave at gmail.com. Um, our Facebook uh, webpage, which is just facebook.com slash the rant and rave cave at rant and rave cave on Twitter. Um, or you can send those bottles of water to Archer. Yes. Uh, on the Pacific uh, ocean, please. Um, the other one's kind of a mess. Anyways, um, until next time, have a game-tastic day. Game-tastic indeed.